summer welcome to spirited we're spirited entrepreneurs connect spiritpreneur school and i am abiola abrams known as the midwife for your inspired life my beautiful and incredible guest today is miss shauna hater also known as nubby twiglet hello shauna hi how are you hi everybody Good. i'm gonna just sprinkle my sacred bombshell uh magic over there on you <laughs> and let me tell you all about our guest today i have missed you guys over the summer i have to say um let me tell you okay so shauna who i have been a long time lurker on her site um as i tell you all that there are people who will lurk for years and years and you'll never know and they're there and they're loving you and enjoying right probably the same totally okay so in 2001 Shauna Hader set up a blog on LiveJournal. Remember LiveJournal, people? When she was prompted to enter a username, she quickly typed the first words that came to mind. Nubby Twiglet, a combination of the nickname she'd had in high school, Twiggy, and a favorite word at the time, Nubby. For six years, she blogged obsessively, honing her personal style and developing a love for design along the way. By 2007, as she was nearing the end of her design degree, Shauna began blogging on her own domain, Nubby Twiglet. As a design and lifestyle blog, the posts revolved around her life in Portland, the ins and outs of decorating a really strange 1928 Bavarian-themed house, and of course, her design school projects. As Shauna continually posted more projects, readers began hiring her for theirs. As her career progressed, she worked her way through top ad agencies in Portland and New York. Shauna held on to her core group of loyal clients, continually expanding her spiritpreneur business, which was bursting at the seams. Then, by 2013, it became apparent that the twig of Nubby Twiglet had, had grown and prospered into a much larger branch. With more clients and commitments, including traveling the world with the Blog Academy, Shauna knew that the time was right to expand and seek some talented and trustworthy helping hands. And so in September 2013, Branch officially launched. So Shauna, as far as I can see it, you have three magical businesses. You have nubbytwiglet.com, your blog. You have Blogcademy, and you have, well, the Blogcademy, and you have Branch. Is that correct? That's correct. <laughs> so that was your exciting official bio, Shauna. Tell us who is the woman, the woman, the myth, the legend. Well, I'm, as you know, I'm a graphic designer and blogger uh, based in Portland, Oregon. Um, I love Portland. It's my home base, but I travel all the time with the Blog Academy. Um, it's been amazing traveling the world. And, um, but I would say 75% of my time, I'm here in my office um, working with amazing, um, mostly women-owned small businesses. Um, so at Branch, um, our focus is on businesses that are more like in fashion and lifestyle, um, in consulting areas, and we do a little bit of a, a bit of uh, food businesses too, um, but we really love that sort of lifestyle focus. Um, but yeah, we spend our days helping small businesses, um, you know, sort of get their image and you know find their voice and get their image together. So. Very cool. It's really so rewarding, but, you know, see these, these businesses that are just a seed of an idea blossom into something much bigger. 
Wonderful. So how do you, Shauna, what does an average day, I know there's no average day for those of us who are the multi-hyphenate entrepreneurs, but what does an average day look like in the life of you? That's such a good question. It, just like you mentioned, it changes on a daily basis, but you know, usually I'm a I'm probably one of those rare people that's a total morning person. <laughs> um, so I'm up between six and se six and seven. Um, I head to my office by eight, and uh, my assistant is here three days a week, and we get started right away. And you know, sometimes I'm here till eight, nine, ten, eleven at night. Um, it's really demanding. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur and um, you know being in a creative business. But I think the rewards are so apparent and so obvious when you see. When you see a client's eyes light up, when they, they see their idea become a reality, I think it makes it totally worth it. I think so. I mean, when I look at your work, I feel your joy behind your design. That literally, um, I would think that maybe before I knew about your blog, I probably wasn't sure necessarily what design was, although I have an MFA, I wasn't sure of what commercial design was. But when I look at your site, for me, it's love made apparent. It's a way of presentation. How do you describe design for people who don't know what it is and why they might need your firm and that sort of thing? That's such a good question. Um, so design is, it's almost like the visual representation of your ideas. Um, design itself, you know, while there is a, I would say there is an art base, I was always really interested in art. Um, design is a little bit more um, public facing. So for the most part, when you're, you know, designing something, it really is for public consumption. So whereas if I was, if you were doing a fine art piece, it might be something very personal to you and it might be something that you really never share with the world. And it's something that you're personally coming up with. Whereas when I think of graphic design, I really think of it as the public facing piece of fine art. So. I think you know, that's you're always sort of thinking about that. Sort of, you're, you're always thinking more about the end user and how they're going to um, interact with it. That's a really beautiful way to describe it. So that you know that art, like in terms of like fine art, is internal and you giving your expression for you, and you know the design is you getting dressed up and and having a conversation with whoever your tribe and your audience is. Exactly, and I think that's why the sort of design and blogging thing, there's a lot of crossover because both of them are really that um, that sort of public-facing manifestation of how you're feeling. You know, it's really about sharing with the public. Now, when, Shauna, did you know that your blog would be your business? At what point in the journey for you? Well, that's the thing is that... In a way, I think I had an I had an advantage in that I never really saw it as being as being a business, and in a way that kept me really genuine and not really, um, you know, a lot of bloggers nowadays, if they're starting up, they get really focused on what they're going to gain from it, and that's sort of a dangerous path if you're running something just for the game. You really have to do something because you love it. Otherwise, you know, a couple years in, you're really going to burn out, and that burnout is real. <laughs> Um, but because I started a blog just for fun, obviously naming it Nebby Toilet, it was just nicknames. There wasn't any sort of um, business focus behind it. It was just me expressing myself. Um, so I never really saw it in the same aspect because I was in school for design and design was going to be my career. Um, in 2007, though, once I started posting um, more of my work, you know, people like Virgin Records and Forever 21 started hiring me, and I was just, I was just a girl in community college. It really. Um, was really exciting but really scary because I was literally just learning the programs and how to design and suddenly I had these like absolutely massive companies hiring me 
at that point, um, you know, I saw that things were starting to change. Um, but at the time, I was really just, you know, getting the experience of working at ad agencies because I think it's really important if you're going to do something professionally to really understand sort of the process behind it and really gain as much real world experience as you can because, um, you know, that kind of teaches you the ropes. And um, as my business grew, it really started to take over my life. And it became apparent that I couldn't show up to a day job, travel the world teaching blogging, and keep all my freelance clients. So there's only so many hours in a day. So in 2012, um, or I'm sorry, 2013 is when I launched Branch. And Branch was more about me stepping back and saying, I can't do it all. Um, you know, it's okay to ask for help and bringing in other people to really help me keep, keep things going. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you said that because that is exactly what my next question was going to be, Shauna, that from the outside, one of the things that you do really well as an entrepreneur, as a girl boss, is collaborate. And I know that for a lot of us, for me for a long time, that it was challenging, as you said, to, to admit, okay, I need help. I can't do this all. I need a team. I need people who can do it with me. Can you talk about the differences between something that looks maybe be collaborative like a blog academy and then something where you are building a team like you like branch well I mean we all know or what was that and is there a difference I mean I think overall you just have to know when to ask for help and that's a really hard thing for the first 10 years of me blogging I was literally just trying to do everything my own manage my freelance clients show up to work on time and really just trying to juggle all these balls. Well, there's a point where we all hit a ceiling of what we can handle. It doesn't matter if we're super women. There's a point where you really just have to ask for help. Otherwise, you're holding yourself back. Um, you know, you're going to hit that ceiling of how much you can grow if you're afraid to reach out to people. Um, with Blog Academy, that was actually the catalyst for me because I'd always felt like I had to do everything on my own. Everything was my image. I had to, if I didn't touch it and make it happen, it wasn't me. Um, and I was missing the point that it could be the end. A business can be the essence of you. Um, you can be the behind-the-scenes person, but you don't always have to be front and center if you have a great team. Um, with Blog Academy, that was really what showed me that it was okay to ask for help because you know there's three of us, and the thing about it is that we never overlap. Um, while I do all the design and all the visuals, um, Gala, um, my other partner, does sort of all, all the PR and all the mailing list functionality. And then Kat does all the behind the scenes stuff. So every email that goes out, um, all of the, um, you know, all the admin stuff, that takes so much time. So because we really clearly defined our roles, there's never that overlap and it's made things so much easier. Um, what it made me realize is that I could never do something that big on my own and that asking for help was the best thing, best thing you can do for your business is to ask for help. Wise words, very wise words. Thank you for sharing that part of your process with us. We've been talking about Branch, but I don't I don't think we've properly explained Blogcademy. It's it's apparent from the name, but can you please tell us what blog the Blogcademy is? So the Blogcademy is a blogging workshop. Um, but the thing about Blogcademy is that um, after blogging for so long, my two partners and I um, realized that a lot of the blogging workshops that we've been to personally were focused on two things, either SEO and they were very male dominated and we didn't really feel, feel like we fed, fit in, um, or they were um, very based on making things pretty and very beautiful, but really the meat of blogging um, is your content. 
you know, you can start out with a free theme, but if your content's brilliant, um, that's really going to stand the test of time. And as a designer, I, I, you know, I can say that you can always redesign. At any point, you can invest and redesign when you have the money. Um, but that content is really the core of what you do. So Blog Academy is a strategy-based blogging workshop. And the beauty of it is that it really it, it, um, it crosses all sort of all different genres. It doesn't really matter what you blog about. Um, the, the tools that we're giving you will help you improve your content. Um, and then we also, you know, we, de we definitely talk about branding. Um, we talk about how to compose a great photo. Um, we talk about networking because networking is so important. So it's all these components that we've learned over our collective years of blogging. And we're basically teaching people everything that we know, what we've done really well and what we've done terribly. We teach everybody that in two days so they can walk away with this knowledge to really grow their business. Beautiful. You have built, you know, three successful businesses. And I, I know that this is, um, it's, it's just beautiful to see the culmination of your life's work, which in part is very much about bringing other women along and elevating other women. How, Shauna, have you managed that voice that I know that a lot of women in my tribe you know, have confided that they contend with that voice that may say, you know, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? You know, that's a, that won't work. That's a stupid idea. Those those inner voices, those gremlins, those inner gremlins. Well, I mean, everybody has those voices, and that's what makes you know stepping out on your own really hard. I had those voices for years, and that's why, literally, it took me till I was it took me two college degrees and waiting till I was thirty to go. Okay, I can actually do this. I never felt prepared. And everybody was always saying, how are you not prepared? You have, you know, you have enough people that want to um, hire you. You have enough, you know, you've been hired at all these top agencies. Why are you not prepared? I couldn't figure it out. But I think we all have that sort of internal feeling of when we're ready. And, you know, some people have that when they're 18. Some people have that when they're 25. Some people have that when they're 40. It took me till I was 30. Um, but I think, um, you know, you really just, I know it sounds cheesy, but you really have to believe that you can do it. Um, I had so many people around me that were really worried and they were like, you know, you have this great job. Are you sure that you can support yourself off your businesses? And I'm like, yeah, what's the worst, what's the worst scenario that I have to go and ask for my old job back? Like, it's really not that bad. And I think when you sort of start putting things in perspective and figuring out what the worst case is, um, it's really, nothing's really that bad. You know, you might fail, but you'll never know unless you try. And, you know, I made my decision two years ago, almost to the day. And I never had to go back to my old job. I've been fine. So if I can do it, you can do it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Like you said, what's the worst, you know, the worst case scenario? I think that the story that we build up in our minds is often much worse than what could happen. And the reward is so much better. Like you said, you haven't had to go ask for your old job back. You're living a life that you love and you're shining. I mean, that beauty shows on the outside. So if someone is watching this and she's saying she wants to start a blog from scratch today, what does she do right now? You know, she's got this idea. She's into, um, I don't know, nail polish or whatever. She's got a whole lifestyle thing that she's into. Yeah. And what does she do? Literally start it today. Um, the thing that I think was important back in 2000, from 2001 to 2007, is there weren't any standards of how things should look. People just got up and started blogs. I'm glad that I was naive enough to just start it right away. And I didn't think about the polish and how things should look. And I didn't have all the design and, and uh, branding experience. 
because I just started putting myself out there and without knowing it, that was, you know, that's a very brave thing to do, but it allowed my brand to grow really quickly because I just literally put everything out there. It's not like everything was a hit, but it allowed me that time to experiment. And um, the problem with spending so much time behind the scenes tinkering with things is that you start building up this fear and this resistance. Whereas if you just go for it and you get all the mistakes out of the way early, um, you're, going to, you're, you're going to grow into your business a lot sooner. And um, the biggest thing I've noticed with the small businesses I personally work with is that even if you spend a lot of time and money, um, you know, building this like absolutely perfect brand and blog, within a year, your audience has probably changed or maybe your interests have changed. Things are naturally going to shift and that actually happened with Branch. Um, that's just a natural part of evolving. So if you put all that money into your business up front, chances are you're going to have to rebrand or change things up again, you know, a year or two in. So just go for it and just see what happens. I think that's such great advice. As you said that, you know, the business shifts, that anything that you do is going to evolve with your audience. Once your audience, your readers, your viewers, your whatever it is, start to tell you, wait, this is what I want and you grow with them it becomes a, 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 an interactive process. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is you never, you're never going to know what your readers want until you kind of, you know, just get out there, do the hard work and then, you know, ask them and they're more than willing to tell you. So you have a question, Shauna. And first I just have a, just something that just uh, struck me that for the first, I feel like for the first maybe few years that I was reading your blog, I didn't know your real name. Am I, am I remembering correctly that your name, Shauna, wasn't up there for a while, that it just said Nubby Twiglet, or was I just a lazy reader? Uh, yeah. Oh, no, not at all. Um, so when I worked corporate jobs, um, at that point, blogging wasn't, it, now everybody knows what a blog is. When I first started blogging, um, it was kind of weird. People didn't really know what blogs were back in 2001. And then, um, I feel like people, um, I worked a lot of really kind of mainstream corporate jobs at the time. Um, and I really didn't want that crossover. I felt like my online persona was one part of my life and my day job was another part. And I didn't really want them mixing because I wanted to be seen as a professional and like I had to focus on my job. And there were literally job interviews that I went to where um, they somehow knew about my blog and I would be flat out asked, you know, we know you have a blog and it seems pretty popular. Is this going to interfere with your job? And I was like, no, I just get up at six in the morning. I put my post up and then I come to work. But there was really that sort of tension um, at the time. Um, you know, later on, I didn't care anymore. I was like, you know what, I'm just, I am, I have nothing to hide. But yeah, early on with corporate jobs, it was a little bit of a weird, a weird sort of divide. Ah, you're right. I remember that whole stigma era. Like, I remember people saying to me, like, that I, you know, ran into people I went to school with or whatever, and they're like, I saw you on YouTube, or I went to your site. Like, I was like, weird, like, what? Like, <laughs> you know, like, there was, like, this stigma attached to it. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah people really, um, people's lives were really divided between being online and offline. I mean, now it's laughable. We're like, well, everybody's the same, you know, everything's just the same, and there really is no disconnect. But yeah, there used to be a huge disconnect and I definitely felt the judgment. Um, so I just sort of kept my kind of more creative um, personal site under wraps. Um, I don't regret doing that, but nowadays I don't think that's necessary at all. I think you just have to be true to yourself and just, just own it. Absolutely. And, you know, to piggyback on something that you said earlier about, you know, 
having your own voice out there and if you start your site doing it coming from a place of love and what you're happy about rather than just a place of money that the money really does come and that audiences I think are savvy enough that they could sense a fake or somebody that is not being themselves or somebody that's adapting a persona would you agree I, I totally agree I think um, that you have to be authentic in everything you do um, you know, I think we've all been in situations where maybe we did something that made us, we, we look back and we're like, okay, that made me feel uncomfortable and you know better than to do it again. Whether it's a sponsored post or it's content you're asked to promote that you're really not sure about. Um, you know, I think, you know, we're all going to make mistakes with being online, but I think you have to learn from those mistakes. And you really just have to live, um, you just have to be bold and live as your true self. Um, you know, every day I show up to work, I'm really just me. And, you know, that's really scary at first. When I was in the corporate world trying to cross over, I was so afraid of making that switch and going, well, what if I'm too weird or what if people stop hiring me? And really, the second that I just decided I was going to be myself and, you know, show the work I loved um, and, you know, just attract the right tribe of people, things really opened up for me. And now I can say that 100% of my clients, like, I absolutely love, like, most of my clients I feel like I'm friends with. I could just pick up the phone and talk with them. Um, but that's all transpired once I sort of, you know, took off the mask, took off the mask and was just myself. Well said. You have some questions coming in, Shauna. Uh, Raheen, who is a man. Hello, man. <laughs> Raheen wants to know, how do you know that you have the right design for the right client? Oh, wow. That's, that's a big, that's, a, that's actually a question I've never been asked before, but it's so good. Um, so the thing is in the beginning, you, that's an instinct you have to build. It's sort of a skill and an instinct you have to build. I've been at this nonstop since around 2005, 2006. So now my gut just tells me, um, and you know what, sometimes my gut's wrong. Um, but I think as you sort of hone in on your style, people are going to naturally hire you for that style. There's always going to be those outliers, but for the most part, people see your style and they go, that's what I want. Um, so the more of your personal style that you're really infusing with your design, um, the more people, those, that, those, that tribe of people is going to be drawn to you. Um, at the same time, I think, you know, there, there's going to be hits and misses. Um, you can, literally with design, you give it your best shot every time. You, you know, you make sure you get to know your, your client. Um, but there's always going to be times when you're wrong. And that's, um, that's actually one of the hardest parts about being in the creative industry. Um, you just have to pick yourself up and, Try again. Was there for you, Shauna, because you manage a design team? Was that challenging for you? Is that, is that challenging for you as a creative person, you know, having that management hat and maybe if you have to let someone go or say this isn't working or that sort of thing? Honestly, that's the scariest part of um, growing a business. Um, you know, anybody that's business owner will probably tell you that I have a lot of friends that have had a lot of growing pains and I really have tried to learn from them because it's intimidating. Um, I'm really, really careful about, like if somebody, if somebody emails me and asks me to go on a coffee date, I'll literally go on a coffee date with anybody and I meet amazing people that way. But when it comes to um, hiring, I'm super cautious. Um, I think you really have to, I'm never looking for somebody that's the most talented. I'm looking for somebody that I connect with on a human personal level um, because that's a person I have to spend a lot of time with. And I think that personal connection is way more important because anybody can learn design skills, but they can't learn to have 
a personality that clicks with you. Um, but yeah, you just, it never really gets easier. You, you just, once again, you have to trust your gut and just know when somebody, when something feels right and when something feels off. You do totally have to trust your gut. And it is all about like how you feel. But I remember one of my friends was kind of making fun of me because she was like, you know, I was like, I'm going to hire this person because it just feels right. And she's like, it feels right. Like what's on her resume? I'm like, I'm like, no, I feel like she can do it. And she's like, what do you mean? You feel like she can do it. But I felt for me intuitively, like you said, that it's, I would rather hire someone that, you know, has skills that we can build on that, you know, we vibe together rather than, you know, someone that maybe we just don't click and don't connect and doesn't get me and what we're doing. Is is that because your brands are so personal to you? I mean, what you just said is spot on. So with my design assistant, you know, who spends a lot of time with me, literally, um, I had a, a bunch of potential people to interview and she was a person that just randomly emailed me. I met her for coffee. I don't even think she had a resume. Her portfolio was entirely fine art. And I'm, you know, this is for a design position. But just based on talking to her, I was like, okay, this is my girl. She felt like me 10 years ago. You know, she was really into fashion and style. Um, she was having a hard time fitting into the ad agency world. And I just saw so much potential in her. And I thought she was my girl. And, um, you know, she's now been here for six months. And she's literally the most reliable, easygoing, honest person. And her design skills have grown immensely. And she, she's literally the perfect person for the job. But you really have to see it's not about a resume because a resume can just be, you know, fluffed up. You really have to depend on that feeling you get from a person. Yes, invest in people and the skills part will come. So Shauna, yeah. you have a couple of blog related questions. This okay. one is from Tinsley. She says, Hi Shauna, hi Aviola. Hate that I couldn't join live, but my question is I've had my blog up since 2008. And I just don't know where to start to get more traffic and monetize it more. I don't get many comments and subscriptions. Thank you, Tinsley. So what, what is the specific question? So her questions are, she wants to know how to get more traffic to her blog and okay. how to monetize it. So two questions. Let's take the traffic part and the monetizing separately. So those are such big questions. Um, honestly, we couldn't even answer it on this entire call. That's literally what we have the Black Cat Academy for because the three of us individually were getting asked those questions all the time. And it's not one thing that you do. It's literally building blocks. Like with Blog Academy, there's, I think there's about 18 segments over two days. There's nine segments a day. And those building blocks start at the very beginning. And once you get the hang of things, it all, it all makes sense. Um, but in I guess my short answer would be that you have to figure out your focus for your blog. So by a focus, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a cooking blog or a DIY blog or a style blog. It can be more about like a personality-based blog like I have. But I think at the core, you have to think of your blog like a magazine. Um, you have to think about it um, as having a core audience. So, you know, who you're trying to, um, you know, who you're trying to draw in. But at the same time, it doesn't have to be around one specific subject. So for instance, my friend Gala Darling is a brilliant example. Um, while her blog is her name, Gala Darling, and um, you know, it has her personality infused into every post, she's thinking about her audience, which I would say is a 20 to 30 year old female um, that's really interested in learning how to love themselves. So you know, with that core, um, she can basically think of herself as a magazine and have different features. 
So if, uh, when you think about magazines, whether it's Cosmopolitan or Vogue or another uh, magazine, most of them have, you know, um, they have set, set monthly features. So they might have a horoscope. They might have a couple editorial pieces. They might um, have a travel piece. They might have a style piece. And if you think of your blog in that format, it starts making it easier to sort of graph out or map out the different subjects you should cover. So for instance, with my blog, um, you know, I'm focused more on not necessarily small business owners, but more of people that are getting their start in design. They're a little bit younger than me, um, and they're just sort of getting their bearings. So I tend to do, um, you know, posts on advice. I tend to do posts with links that, you know, contain some design content. I'm really think, always thinking about that core audience, and that really helps me build my content around them. Very, very wise counsel. Thank you. You have another question from, oh wait, we didn't take her second part of it, monetizing. How can she monetize? So the first thing um, to do is to get a mailing list. And um, you know, your list these days is more important than your traffic. Um, you know, your list, by building a list, that literally allows you access directly to people's inbox, email inboxes. Um, and you have to treat that with a lot of care. But um, most of my friends that are really successful um, bloggers these days have really started to focus on their, their personal products. And I think that's such a valuable thing to do because, you know, it used to be in the old days of blogging that we were all focused on getting sponsors and advertisers, and we were really focused on promoting these outside brands. Well, now I think it's more about promoting your, your brand um, and growing your brand with your audience. So um, even if you don't have an idea for a digital uh, product right now, um, you can start building your list um, and gaining that audience so when you're ready, you have an audience to launch to. Um, you know, the easiest way to grow your list is to have a freebie. And if you look at most big blogs, um, to get you to sign up, they're offering you something free, whether it's like 50 free tips or, you know, an ebook on a subject. But that list is really going to be your key. Yes, the list is everything. <laughs> and as you said, definitely treat treat your list with care. Um, this is something that I talk about in um, my Become the Guru Bootcamp as well, because coming into someone's email box is like coming into their home. Oh, definitely. So really, really treat that with care. You have another blogging question, Shauna. This one is from Chica, Chica Photo. She says, is it best, is it best to create a blog about one interest or to combine interests or to create separate blogs. She says, I have a, an expertise and a strong passion for cooking and food, and then for African culture and art and culture in general. What are your thoughts? So this is going to depend on your goals. So um, like my person, I can, I'll just tell you a little bit about my personal experience and maybe that'll help you make a decision. Oh, because almost everybody that comes to Blog Academy literally has the same exact question. We all go through this. So, you know, if you want more of a lifestyle blog, I think you can actually combine those subjects. If it's really based around you as a person and you're sharing, you know, your in different interests, I think that's really, I think being multifaceted, multifaceted will actually make your readers love you more because they get to see all these different facets of your personality and that just makes you so much more interesting. Um, the thing that, the, the issue that I had is that my blog was very multifaceted, but I hit a point two years ago where I wanted to really dig deeper with my graphic design content. I mean, that's really what my profession was. And even though I was sharing all these travel photos and all these fun things and design advice, I felt like I was really um, kind of 
toning down my magic when it came to sharing more about the business and marketing and design side. And I knew that not all my audience was going to be interested in that because it's a very specific thing. You know, I had my audience I felt like was more interested in my lifestyle content and my personal life. So that's when I started Branch. So Nubby Toilet is about, you know, my daily life. But Branch is really about the focus of small businesses. So all the content that goes on there is about helping small businesses grow. Um, so that was my differentiation in that feeling that my business, my, my business content was outstripping my personal content and it was starting to take over. I think if you feel that split and you start feeling like one thing is really taking the lead, it's okay to break those off. And I'll be honest, it's a lot more work to run multiple ventures, but um, I think having a really tight niche can sort of help you target and market to a very specific audience. And once again, with growing your list, um, if you have that audience that's focused focus on that one specific thing, you're going to grow. You're going to grow a lot faster with them. Okay. I think that that's really good advice. I, I would love for you, Shauna, to, to hone in a little bit more for her because she, I, I, I don't know, you don't say, Chica, whether you already have a blog and you're building on it or because one of the things, Shauna, is that you already had a very strong solid following. You didn't go and start two blogs at the same time. And so, you know, if she's just beginning, would you recommend she start with the one and then add one or start them separate to begin with? I would start with one because one blog is enough to keep up with. It's really demanding. And you really want to, you know, it, these days blogging really is about quality over quantity. And you want to build the audience first um, with, and you want them to like, you know, learn about you as a person because behind every great blog is a really great personality. And once you've really stabilized that and grown it, um, you know, it might take you a year or two to really feel strongly that you've built an awesome brand. Then I think at that point it's it's okay to um, to branch off and launch something new. And I have you know I have a feeling that a lot of the people that are interested in your blog and you are going to love whatever else you do. Um, that was really my secret to success with these other businesses is that I ran Nubby Twiglet just as a fun personal blog for ten years. I wasn't trying to make any money. I wasn't really trying to do anything besides share my share my life. And by doing that, um, a lot of, you know, I had to trust in um, the attention of a lot of my readers. So when I, you know, after those 10 years, when I went, went and launched Blog Academy, a lot of the readers signed up for Blog Academy because they've been following me for all those years. So I had a built-in audience. And then a year, literally a year after launching Blog Academy, I launched Branch. So two big businesses within two years. And a lot of those people that were also my longtime readers are now hiring me for their design services. Um, so by having that really strong base, it really led to these other opportunities. And if you have two blogs that you're launching at the same time that don't really have any sort of background or audience, it's going to be really difficult. Excellent. Okay. So Bethany says, if I wanted to hire you for your design services, what is it that you offer? What are the... What, well, basically she's trying to say, what, what are the price ranges? She's, she's trying to say, what are your fees and how would we work together? That's Bethany. Okay, so um, with Branch, um, you know, we have a media kit because I think um, the issue that a lot of businesses have, especially um, in the creative world, is that, you know, if I'm working with a, and I think this is just great advice in general, especially even as a blogger, when you're pitching to somebody, you know, um, I'll use an example of a blogger because that sort of relates, maybe relates to more of the audience. But, you know, if you're um, approached by, uh, you know, a, a jewelry business on Etsy that wants you to do a sponsored post, you might only charge them $200 and maybe get some free products. 
But if you're approached by somebody like, you know, um, Urban Outfitters or Anthropology for that same sponsored post, you might charge them $1,000 because it's just a different reach and a different audience. Um, so with design services, it's often the same way. Like we have starting rates and we have a media kit that lists those rates when you email us, but it's always a starting at rate because, you know, if you have different, um, if you need, uh, you know, if you're a much bigger company, it may be probably going to need more rounds of, um, you know, more, more rounds of work for approval. And it's just probably going to be a lot more, um, a lot more demanding of a job. So your prices would be different. Um, but at Branch, our main focus is, um, you know, our main focus is on small businesses and we do uh, branding, web design, and actually a lot of print and editorial design still. I think print is still a very viable, um, a very vi viable thing. So those are our three focuses. Okay. All right. Great. I'm, I'm loving these questions, Shauna. So Chelsea says, how do I know what to share? What is oversharing? What not to share? I think everybody knows when they've crossed the line. Um, <laughs> we, we've all done it, we all cringe. Um, the most valuable thing I ever learned at a blogging, blogging convention back in 2008, one of the keynote speakers said, everything you share online lives on forever. Um, you know, keep that in mind with every post. And I was like, wow. I was in my like, early 20s and I, that really hit me and I was like, wow. Like every single thing can be screenshotted, it can be somehow, documented and it's going to come back to haunt you <laughs> so um because i mean because of that um probably every two out of every 10 tweets i'm typing out i look at them and i read them back and i'm like no and i you know delete them um you, just have to be really, you need to be really careful about what you're putting out there and you know it's not about censoring yourself i think you have to show who you are but with every social media update you have to think about you know how your grandma would feel if she read that or how your ideal client um you know, whatever, whoever your ideal client is, if they read that, would they still want to hire you? Um, you know, it's great to be, be true to yourself and be edgy, but there is definitely that line that's, if you find yourself, if you find, if you find yourself really unsure about something, there's nothing wrong with sitting on it for a few days or asking your best friend what they think. Um, I've done that plenty of times. I've had plenty of my friends email me and say, hey, can you look at this post? I'm feeling a little bit weird about it. And I'm like, no, I think you should hold off. So we've all been there. <laughs> totally, Shauna, that um, I tell my tribe that think about it this way. Don't post anything that you wouldn't feel comfortable seeing on the front page of New York of the New York Times. <laughs> that's even better. I'm going to remember that. I think that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> and actually, it's interesting, like you say, you know, think about, you know, your client and literally everyone is going to you know if you're looking for a job in the future or hiring client people are going to audit you which means googling you and going to your social media and seeing what you're posting you know and i had an experience shauna where because i speak to a lot of women's empowerment groups and i actually shared a stage with uh, gala uh, maybe about four years ago we spoke at the new york women's empowerment conference uh women's oh. empowerment conference together yeah and yeah. I had you know so people ask me for speaker recommendations all the time and there was this woman I thought she was great and I was gonna you know bring her in to speak at this international conference and I went to her Twitter and she was talking about someone was ugly and they had a big nose and blah blah blah, blah. And, and I was like uh, this is not the kind of person I want to expose my you know job to all right you have a question yesterday I clicked through to a designer's profile I've uh, admired for years and everything was actually really snarky and I was really shocked 
Um, you know, I think the thing to remember is that somebody's first impression of you might not be through your blog. They might find you on Twitter. They might find you on Instagram. You never really know how people are going to find you. And if that's the first thing they read, that can really leave a bad taste in their mouth. Yes, indeed. All right. So we have a question. Uh, this is from Monere. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, but she says, hi, Shana. Hi, Aviola. Greetings from Cologne, Germany. Thank you for your helpful input. I'm just starting my blog and struggling to find a freebie to start building my list. My interests range from business topics to multiculturalism. Ideas on her freebie. So um, a lot of time, I mean, this is something that most of my clients actually struggle with. You know, what is that one thing? Make it easy on yourself. You can literally do um, your top 50 um, a PDF with links of your top 50 resources of um, your top 50 resources on those topics. You know, literally just give some somebody um, you know something that's valuable. It can be as simple as that. Um, with Blog Academy, we um, have a similar thing. When you sign up to our mailing list, you get a one-page PDF that has our top 50 blogging resources. It was really simple. It took us a few hours to put, to compile, and people love it. You know, they just want to feel like they're getting something of value. And the thing is, is that your freebie that you launch with, you know, that doesn't have to be your freebie forever. Maybe six months in, you have it, you know, an idea that maybe was for a blog post, but you're like, you know what? I can turn that into a mini ebook, a ten or twenty page ebook, full of tips. Then that can replace your freebie. Well said. I think also, you know. I say the exact same thing. It might become the guru boot camp, and you can start with something as easy as create a video. And you know, and on that video, it's like you said, the the top you know tips or whatever it is, or the secrets about your industry, you know, or whatever it is. You know, click here for X topic, you know, secrets or what I learned, five things I wish I knew when I started X Y Z. And you know, then you can have that transcribed, and that's a whole little kit right there that they can sign up for. Totally, and I think that's the thing is that um, you know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know anything. Everything I, nothing I um, have done is that unique. Really, like we're all an expert in something. It doesn't matter how minute it is. We all have something that we're passionate about that we have a lot of knowledge about, and chances are somebody else wants to learn about that. Absolutely, and and um, Moner, I think. Well, I'm gonna just shout you out because your presentation, just in your, you have your whole name of your business here. So I'm gonna just, gonna just read it and give you a little free publicity. Moner Warner Image Consultancy. Okay. The next question is. Oh, this is a good question. Is there a company that you would not work with? People that you you know. Oh wow. And if so, why not? Um. I probably um, wouldn't work with obviously a tobacco company. Um, I feel very strongly. I've never smoked in my life, and I never will because my grandpa died um, due to smoking. Um, I would never work with probably anything to do with gambling because I think that just really wrecks a lot of people's lives <laughs> or has the potential to. Um, and I, um, I've been approached by a brand that was weight loss related, and that just made me feel really uncomfortable. Um, you know, I think that, I think it really comes down to personal beliefs and preferences, um, you know, something makes you feel, once again, if it makes you feel uncomfortable and you, I mean, there's just, there's certain things that if you don't feel, you just don't want to publicly be um, linked to, it's really not worth the money. You're, you can never, you know, a paycheck is never worth your integrity. Um, I've, I felt very strongly about that. You know, I would rather work with um, small businesses that sometimes have a little bit less money, but they're very, very ethical and they have brilliant ideas versus a big business did I really feel on the fence about, you know, don't sell your soul. 
Yes, don't sell your soul. Shauna, I so relate to that, that, you know, one of the things that I think that, you know, spirited entrepreneurs, soul-based, heart-based entrepreneurs don't realize and feel relieved to find is that you can pick your clients. You know, that we think when we're starting out, you have to take anyone who comes to your door, anyone who makes you an offer. But boundaries, just like in, in terms of self-worth, are really good in business as well. Definitely, definitely. It's so important. And I mean, some of the some of the jobs you take on in the beginning might be survival jobs, but um, you know, still choose those wisely. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so Chelsea says um, that you are rocking your social media game. How do you recommend? She has a long thing here, but I'm gonna just condense. Okay. How do you recommend that someone ace their social media? That's once again such a huge topic that we spend like. A long time on at Blog Academy. Um, I think the quick the quick answer would be to pick the two or the top two to three platforms um, that you're really passionate about. If you don't really care about something, it's okay not to do it. Um, I'm not on Snapchat. I'm not on Periscope. Um, I'm not on. I don't really do much on YouTube. Um, I'm more of a writer and a visual person. So I think you have to really just cut out. It doesn't matter how big the platform is if you're not just not into it. Um, so for me, my focus is on Pinterest because once again, I'm very visual Instagram because I'm once again, visual and Twitter, um, because you know, Twitter is just fun. Um, but what, what those three or two to three platforms that you're really passionate about, um, I think first of all, you just have to be genuine people. I think the more of a story you can tell the better. I've noticed that with Instagram, especially, um, because Instagram seems to be the most popular thing these days. Um, if people post a cute photo, but they don't really have anything to say, they don't get that much interaction. But if they post a photo that's just okay, but they have like a brilliant story behind it, um, they're much more likely to get people interested. For instance, um, I think it was on Monday, I posted in, on Instagram a photo of um, my office and I said, you know, it's been two years since I left um, all outside work and started working for myself all time. It's been really challenging, but I've learned so much. Um, you know, and it was just more of like an inspirational post and it's not like the photo itself was that great. It was just a photo of my office, just whatever. But, um, the story behind it really resonated with people that were also trying to start their own businesses and felt trapped in a corporate job. Um, so that was actually one of my most popular posts ever, just because people felt that, um, that connection to it. Um, mm -hmm. so I like the more personal you can be on your social media, the better. It's really as simple as that. I think that that's such good advice. I just want to just echo and piggyback on what you said in the beginning of that, Shauna, that pick and choose your platforms because literally every day something new comes out and then people feel like, oh my God, well now I've got a periscope and I've got to do this and that. And it can feel like, oh my gosh, like it's endless. It'll take over your life. <laughs> <laughs> it totally can. It totally can. And it's absolutely addictive. Um, Okay, so here is a question from Tinsley. She says, how can I get brands to want me to blog for their products? How can she work with more brands? So I think the first step is to naturally start sharing some of that kind of content. Um, I mean, you have to first of all be interested in that brand or that genre that you're targeting. Um, I think if you naturally start posting that kind of content, like let's say there's a, um, a like more of a fashion brand you want to work with, you know, Maybe you start posting, um, you know, inspirational image roundups or style posts kind of in that style. The, th the thing that I also think is great is that you don't need to wait anymore to 
part of that brand community and could be waiting forever. There's nothing wrong with writing them a personal email and pitching to them. Um, I actually have friends that have done that and they've actually had a lot of success just going for what they want. But I think if you're going to do that, you always have to be upfront about what you're offering. Um, you know, when people read an email, as bad as it sounds, they're, you know, when, they, when they're getting through like a long email, they really want to know in the first paragraph what they're getting out of it. Otherwise, you know, why is it worth their time and their energy? So I think the sooner you can tell a brand what they're going to get out of it, you know, maybe it's a whole new audience. You know, maybe you have a certain platform that has a lot of social media following. Um, you know, give them the value of, you know, let them know what the value is up front. That's really well said because I think that, you know, a lot of times that entrepreneurs, bloggers, they miss the step that the, the brand is going to want to know what's in it for them. Exactly. So, you, wanna, it's, it, you know, they're, they're interested in what, what is it, how is it going to enhance their bottom line? So show them the value that you add. Yeah, and I think the thing to remember is that um, no matter who you're pitching to, you know, people at those big companies are really, really busy. Their days are already packed. So you just have to be really clear, really to the point. And the quicker and shorter the email is, the more likely you're going to get a response. Yes, not like a whole book. And then, like, like, do you have the experience, Shauna, that sometimes, you know, well-meaning, amazing people email you, but you don't even know what they want. You look through yeah. and it's like, I, I, I don't know what you're asking me. I'm not sure what's going on here. So being concise yeah. is so valuable. The, um, I eventually get to, but they usually, you know, definitely sit in the inbox a lot longer. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, so here's a question from Chica again. She says, how far in advance do you prepare your posts and your content? It's a good question. She says, do you create content during specific time slots around your other work and responsibilities? Is it important to upload content on a set day each week or month? If so, why? Okay, I think she's talking about an editorial calendar a bit here. Yeah, that's an editorial calendar question. Um, uh, there is a lot there. <laughs> yeah, consistency is super important, and I think if you have a set schedule, it makes your audience way more likely to stop by and engage with you because they have an idea of what to expect. Um, but I will be honest and say that in the beginning, I was the most consistent person ever, and that's really what grew my brand. These days, with running three businesses, it's almost impossible for me to keep up um, to keep up with the pace I had. There's just not enough time, and my clients, you know, really have to come first. Um, so, you know, I still try blogging three or four days a week, but it's not quite as um, consistent as I would hope. I think that the main takeaway is that even if you only post once a week, make, you know, whether it's a Monday or whatever day, if you always post on that week, that really just lets people know that you're there and that you're, um, you know, you haven't just disappeared forever. Um, the consistency really is the most important thing, important part of blogging because, you know, you'll have these and really, really amazing blogs that pop up. The content is absolutely brilliant, and you just see the potential, but then the person just disappears for six months, and you wonder what happened. Um, don't do that. Don't <laughs> if do everybody that. has things happen in life, and if you really need to go away for a while, just be, be upfront about it. You know, it's okay. Everybody has things that happen, um, but just let people know you're coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shana, you, know, you, you wouldn't do that with a brick-and-mortar business. You wouldn't just, like, lock your restaurant and just <laughs> Yes, we want to know that you're there, you know, and, and it's okay to even share, like you said, what's going on, you know, be like, I, you know, I've got some personal stuff going on and I've got to take a break or, because I think that makes you more human too, to your audience. Yeah, the thing is, is that you get afraid, but really your readers will understand. They've been in the same position. They really do get it. 
And honestly, if they don't get it, this are probably that's probably not the type of reader that you wanted in the first place. You really, you know, you want to have that mutual respect. Shauna, what is your self-care, your internal self-care? How do you deal with overwhelm? Um, that's a really good question. I'll feel that running our own businesses. And you know, if if you really feel like you need a break, you need a break. Um, you know, some days I have a completely packed to-do list, but I still go out and take, you know, make sure I take an hour lunch break. Or, you know, if my eyes are feeling tired from sitting in front of the computer for 12 hours, yeah, I could stay all night and do a ton more work, but you just literally, you have to shut off. The work is always going to be there. Um, I think the most valuable thing I've learned over the last few years as my workload has increased is that um, work should never get in the way of family. And I know that's really, really difficult for a lot of us that are running these small businesses. But, um, you know, your work will always be there when you get back. Um, you really have to make time for your family and, you know, your family and friends and the things that are important for you. Um, your family isn't worth a job. Um, so you, you have to, if, you know, if my dad calls me on a Friday night and wants to go out, I don't care how much work I have to have or what my clients need, I'm going to go spend that time with my family. You know, that really is what, your family and friends are really, they're what's going to energize you and kind of, um, you know, sort of keep that balance in your life and keep it grounded. And I think it's so important to just, you know, get out from your work and, you know, get out into the world. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Shauna. I just learned that in the past few years that, you know, I lost one of my aunts, you know, a few years ago. And I remember I couldn't attend, you know, her last Thanksgiving that she had because I had like all this work to do. And I don't even remember now what the project was. You know? Oh, well, yeah, no, I had the same thing happen. Um, back in 2008, um, I was really, really close with my grandma, one of my grandmas. I literally spent every day over the, at her house when I was a child. And um, that entire summer, I had this really great ad agency job, and they were allowing me to put on a solo show. Um, and it was, like a, it was like this massive opportunity for me. And I spent the entire summer working on the show instead of making time to visit her. And then she literally unexpectedly passed away one day. And I always kind of held on to that and you know, remembered that you know, the show would have happened anyway. Who cares if I was one or two pieces short? Um, I really should have just spent that time with her. So, yeah, always put your family first. Always put your family first. Okay, so as we close, we have more personal questions, Shauna. Ashimi wants to know how many of your fails or your failures contributed to your successes? Oh, pretty much all of them. I think any great entrepreneur will say that um, those failures really are, those are the things you remember. I mean, you'll sort of remember your successes, but the failures are what really set you straight and go, okay, I need to work harder. I really need to get a grasp of what I'm doing. I need to, you know, be willing to ask for help. Um, you know, successes are built on failures. That's the only way to learn. Yes. Now, Shauna, I have a, a question for you. I've been working with women a lot around abundance, particularly okay. with this tribe of, you know, soul-based and heart-based entrepreneurs that a lot of people, you know, have, if they're artists, the idea of a starving artist or that money is, you know, people with money are evil or issues yeah. with receiving. A lot of us are givers. We can easily yeah. give, but we have issues with receiving. Can you talk to us about receiving and abundance in your life? Yeah, I mean, that's a really hard thing, especially when you're starting out, because you don't want to seem greedy or like your drive your drive or your focus is towards money. That's you know kind of a no-no with anything that's creative-based. Um, the shift for me was two years ago when I started Branch, because when I was working for myself, or when I was just freelancing, and then when I had a full-time job, honestly, I didn't really have to focus that much on the money, because I had a day job. 
once you're on your own, it's basically sink or swim. And you know, now having a dedicated office space, having employees, um, if I'm not willing to stand up and um, ask for what I'm worth, they don't get paid. And to me, that's like that's where the real guilt comes in. Um, my guilt isn't asking clients for money. It's not being able to stop or pay myself um, or keep the lights on. Um, and the thing you have to think about is that if you don't ask for what you're worth, then that affects everybody because eventually you're going to go out of business. And if you're not in business, then you literally can help nobody. Whereas if you're prospering and you're doing well, um, you know, the better I'm doing, the more I'm able to give my friends and family, you know, there's a couple free um, branding jobs I did last year for family members and even a couple close friends. The only reason I was able to afford to take the time off to do those jobs is because I was making a good enough living. Um, so yeah, if you aren't making enough, you can't help the people around you. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to ask what you're, what you're worth. The worst thing somebody can say is that I don't have that budget and then you can work with them on the budget. Or um, they'll just say that they can't afford you, and you know what, that's fine. That means that you might have somebody else that's fantastic that you can recommend them to. So, so yeah, just stand up, for, stand up for what you're worth. Beautiful. So what is your North Star, Shauna? What keeps you going when times get tough and in those moments of self-doubt, you know, that we, we talked about earlier? Um, definitely family and friends. It's those human connections. Um, it's really easy to get caught up in the online world and um, if I'm having a bad day, I have a couple friends. Um, I, a lot of my friends don't live locally. They live like in New York or London. And I have those few friends that I, it doesn't matter how bad my day is, I can email them and they'll email me right back. Or I can, um, you know, call one of my family members and say, hey, I really just need to get out of my office and get out, get, get out of my world for a while. Um, like I said, those are the people that, the people that keep you grounded are the most important people in your life. Do you, Shauna, have any personal self-care practices like working out or um, meditation or whatever it is that it might be that you could share? I wish I could say that I had a, I've literally worked out like five times in my life and I need to change that desperately. Um, <laughs> but, I'm, I'm, but for me, um, I try to eat well. My husband has been vegan for 20 years. He does all the cooking in our house and I'm so lucky um, because He's, I think it's good to have those people around you that genuinely care about you and don't want to take anything from you. They just really want to like build you up. Um, because I'm, I, I admit I'm kind of bad at self-care. I can be a workaholic. But having you know my husband and my mom and dad and those people that are like, okay, you're working too hard. You need to take a break. Or um, you know, I'm going to take you out and make sure you have a nice dinner. Um, those are the people you want to keep close. They'll keep you in check. I love that. I love that. Have good people close to you who love you and let them, you know, rein in that workaholism that we have. Well, yeah, I mean, there's always more you can do, but, um, you know, there's, you're, you're one person. You just have to accept that. And that's, I think that's so hard to do. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So my last question for you, Shauna, is that my last book was named The Sacred Bombshell Handbook of Self-Love. And my next book is The Sacred Bombshell Business Bible. And I define a sacred bombshell as a woman who loves, honors, and cherishes herself in mind, body, and spirit. So given that definition, Shauna, what makes you a sacred bombshell? Oh, that's such a, that's like one of those, like, you know, like those big questions in the, uh, in the universe. Um, I think just always, I think it really comes down to doing my best and um, just being a good, honest person. I think really it, you can spend your whole life um, reading self-help books and going to retreats and studying, but really it comes down to knowing right from wrong 
and always trying to do the right thing and um, you know just be a good person just step up and always do the right thing and help the people around you and just you know give what you can give and you know be there when people need you I think that's the other most important thing is you know if your friend or somebody you know or even somebody that's reading your blog emails you and just having a bad day just be there for them once again it just comes down to being a good human being and just you know being open and honest Yes, yes, being a good human being, being who you say that you are, walking your talk. So, Shauna, thank you. This has been amazing. I People are saying that they love the conversation and saying thank you, thank you, thank you. Tell us how, <laughs> how can we support you? How can we be involved in the Shauna universe? What's going on? Where can people see you next? All of that good stuff. Um, for the most part, I'm in the middle of um, four projects right now that I can't talk about, but they're all going to help small businesses. They all launch next year. So this has been, this is really just a big work year for me, work, work, work. But um, the things that are coming out next year are going to be really amazing. Um, the easiest way to find out about those are just to follow me at Nubby Twiglet or We Are Branch. I run both of those, um, it, both of those social media handles. Um, you know, you can find me at nubbytwiglet.com or wearebranch.com. Um, I run both of those blogs, and I'm constantly updating both of those with fresh content, um, you know, and, you know, that's probably, those are the two ways that you can get in touch with me and find out more about what I'm doing, but um, this conversation has been amazing, and I, I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. This has been an incredible conversation, Shauna, for me as well. I think that you are just such a beautiful spirit and light on this planet, and I'm glad that we connected. And if my speaking trail runs me through Portland, which I'm sure it will, I look I'm forward to it. visit. Yes. Portland is like the best. Um, it's sort of like a hidden treasure, and it's definitely a place you have to experience. Anybody that's listening, come to Portland. <laughs> come to Portland. <laughs> All right, well, have a beautiful, beautiful day, my sister. And for you who are watching, thank you so much. Welcome to welcome back to Spiritpreneur School. You can head over to ownyourbombshell.com to register for my free self-worth and spiritpreneur kits. And we will see you next time. Oh, wait, if you want to know how to subscribe, you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on YouTube, and of course, as Shauna said, just by being on the list and being in the whole Sacred Bombshell Aviola universe. All right, have a beautiful day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.